0: look at all the UK press, there is carnage in sight. The end is nigh, the market's gonna crash. So is it true? Welcome to the APW Market Wrap, number 100. Stuart Williamson here at the helm. Uh, Why are we doing this? Just to really give information to people who might be thinking about buying property in the UK residential market. This week we cover the Interest rate rise, Bank of England, and what the future holds. We look at news on mortgages, changes to ground rent, and what Snoop Doggy Dog is doing. So firstly, I just wanted to look at some of the headlines we are seeing in the press post Bank of England rise. Halifax building Society, UK house prices rise, but cost of living crisis will cool market. April marks the longest run of monthly increases since 2016, as the average cost of homes reached 286079 pounds The Guardian. The risks are pretty big. How long can the UK? How long can UK house prices defy gravity? Pent-up lockdown demand and stamp duty holidays kept prices high, but rising mortgage rates and living costs may tip the balance. Telegraph. Property markets will grind to a halt. Online searches have fallen to their lowest level as interest rate rises cause mortgage costs to spike. So it's all looking pretty pretty grim. Um, Look at all the UK press, there is carnage in sight. The end is nigh. The market's going to crash. So is it true? Uh, Cast the net a bit further to see what, what, what other mark whatever news i could see uh, the only alternative argument i found in the, in the press was from the daily mail which appeared to have not noticed there had been an interest rate rise and its headline was inside five one million pound one bed london flats which one of these spectacular homes for sale would you choose okay so the bank of england decision to raise interest rates to one percent has led to many singling signaling uh, you know the future for property in the UK is potentially an end. It's all rather out of context and rather blown into something huge. So is it true? According to the press, potentially, yes. You know, we look at some of the negative things that are being shown are actually true. I mean, one excellent indicator of the future movement of the property market is how many people search online for property websites and properties within them. The number fell in April, the lowest level since since May 2020 during the first COVID lockdown, according to analysis by Capital Economics. Andrew Wishart, who we've quoted many times here, I think their research is good, says this suggests that house prices will grind to a halt later this year and says Google searches for property websites, Rightmove and Zoopla have fallen steadily since the Bank of England raised the bank rate in december 2021. in april index searches fell to 101 11.3 percentage points below the level recorded in november and lowest since the rate since the depths of the first lockdown oven commentators russell galley of the halifax said headwinds facing the wider economy cannot be ignored the house price to income ratio is already at the highest ever level and with interest rates on the rise and inflation further squeezing household budgets, it remains likely that the rate of those house price rate of house price growth will slow by the end of the year. Jamie Thompson, of that well-known brokerage Jamie Thompson Mortgages, um, says, "With the economy deteriorating before our eyes, there could be carnage ahead." That's a favourite word, carnage, at the moment it would appear in the property press. Many mortgage lenders are tightening up affordability requirements which will reduce the supply of money available for many people to buy houses. If people can't borrow as much, property prices can only come down. Andrew Mortlake of mortgage broker Coreco said, the house price boom would soon be over. Few can deny there is now a massive economic storm blowing in. Only the the drastic lack of supply can prevent prices from falling, he said. And there is a, dra- there is a lack of supply, so, what does that mean? I mean? It would appear that there's never been a greater time <clears throat> for those who've sat on their hands on the sidelines of the, of the property world to say, I told you so. And as is our 100th issue, I'm going to let my literary um, side go a bit. And, and my comment would be, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man has stumbled. All the doer deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust, sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who, kn- who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end Trying for high achievement and who at worst if he fails at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat now it's not a very um, politically correct saying but it's a great saying i think it was franklin roosevelt said it and i'm not saying property investors are better people braver or wiser it's just you need to be in it to win it and you've got to be in the market do well. Sorry to interrupt you, Stuart. I just want to tell our listeners about a couple of special projects we've got going at the moment that they may not know about. Firstly, APW TV. It's our new TV project we're going to be releasing once a month on our YouTube channel where we take a deep dive into a location, a property type, or an aspect of property. You can check out our first one on Birmingham with Kate McIntyre for APW TV. Secondly, the APW podcast. I know you guys are here, so you probably like videos and YouTube, but you can check out our podcast on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, every Monday morning, uh, APW Property Pod. And lastly, if you'd like to have a chat with us to find out a bit more information or anything like that, or you've got concerns about a property that you need help with, we've got a form, just below down there that you can pop your details into and one of the guys, one of the team will get in touch uh, to have a conversation or to send you more information. Anyway, there we go. Back to you, Stuart, at the helm. Let's just look at how bad is it really? Is the end nigh? And should we be saying, let's get out? Let's look at in detail what the Bank of England actually did. The Bank of England yesterday voted to raise or oh sorry not yesterday this is a quote from Mike Frank the rate to 1% all nine members of the monetary committee voted to raise it to that and three of the nine wrote, voted to raise it to 1.25% projections published alongside the decision suggest that from an economic perspective we're in for a very difficult 18 months or so in the UK Inflation is set to peak at 10% later this year before falling back to the bank's stated 2% target in two years' time. The bank has maintained its growth, its forecast for economic growth of 3.25% this year, but now believes the economy will contract 0.25% in 2023, down from an earlier forecast of 1.25% growth. And it cut the growth projections for 2024 to 0.25% back from 1%. On the back of that, the pound fell at its worst day for two years on Thursday. However, according to Knight Frank, where this research comes from, there are good reasons to believe these forecasts are unduly pessimistic, and that the bank even argues that itself. Okay, the projections are based on market implied, a market implied path of the bank rate hitting a little over 2.5% By mid 2023, it would be heavy handed to point it causes inflation to actually actually undershoot the bank's 2% target. So they're saying it will actually, inflation will be below 2% in the future, below the bank's target. And this is pointed out by Torsten Bell, who's Resolutions founder. And and these are excerpts from his tweet um, that came out just after the bank announcement. And he says, it's worth paying attention to what the, at Bank of England, their tweet, are really telling us today. They're saying, yes, they're serious, that rates are rising, four rises in a row, but the real message is calm down about how high rates will go. Okay, so the market is saying the rates are going to go up a lot. The Bank of England is saying they are, and they already have, but they're probably not going to go m- too much higher. Torsten Bell goes on to say the forecasts are based on market interest rate expectations. They are a polite way of saying the market is wrong. So the Bank of England is saying these forecasts are incorrect and you're, you're exacerbating what the problem may well be in the future. They're saying rates just a little above 1% will see inflation back down below their target over the next two years, whilst employment only goes up to 4%. So the message is we're serious about bringing inflation back down to target, but won't need as many rate rises as you, as you think to do it. Partly because there's a world of pain on the way for households anyway. And then the bank goes on to direct readers to its market participants survey, and the median responses that suggest the rate will hit just 1.5% in March next year before edging up to 1.75% in 2024. So these are completely different indicators really from what the newspapers are saying in a very heavy-handed way. I'm not explaining it very well. So do that research if you can and have a look at those. Okay, what's happening, on mor- what's happening with mortgages on the back of these interest rate rises and what people think is going to happen in the future? Well again, according to Knight Frank, the mortgage market is responding to interest rate rises. Average mortgage rates jumped by the most in six years during March, according to data released by the Bank of England on Wednesday. So how vulnerable is the housing market really now to these interest rates going up, even if we believe the, you know, the drama people are saying it's gonna be really bad. What is really going to happen? Borrowers were spending 25% of their monthly income on mortgage payments this time last year. That compares to 50% in the run-up to the financial crisis in 2007, 2008. So 50% of their income was being spent in 2007. It's currently 25%. Utilising our latest house price forecasts, from Knight Frank and Oxford Economics forecast for mortgage rates and wage growth, Knight Frank expects proportion of income spent on servicing a mortgage to rise to 30% by 2026. So it's still 20% less than it was before, before the GFC. Meanwhile, spending on core bills will rise to 10% next year from 8% today, before, before falling back again when energy prices normalize. That's a that is a real squeeze on incomes and it will act as a drag on a housing market and the housing demand, but not to the degree that it threatens housing market stability. The cost of debt will remain very cheap by historic standards. So bear that in mind when thinking what is going to happen really to the property market. Now talk about um, ground rent, I'm buying a flat at the moment myself, and from the lawyer I got a letter said, in regards to your purchase, Prior to proceeding further, I need to make you aware there is a leasehold reform taking place via statute law through Parliament that will come into effect near the end of June start of July this year, which will ensure that all new leases for new new build leasehold properties granted after this date are granted with a ground rent of a peppercorn, a nominal ground rent that is, and any ground rents above this will essentially be illegal once the statute comes into effect unless the exchange of contracts has already taken place or the purchase has been completed before this date. So basically what they're saying is ground rent is gone. And this has always been a major... What's the word? A major um, sticking point when it comes to comparing houses against property prices. Uh, sorry, houses against uh, flat prices. So that's great. Ground rent has gone. So there we go. It's not as bad as you think. You know, everyone's making out the end is nigh. But if you really look into the Bank of England research, they're saying they don't believe they'll have to increase interest rates as high as they, they thought. They secondly believe that the median has got it right and not the, ex, the, 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 the higher extremities. Okay. And then finally, ground rents are going, which is brilliant. So that's about it for today. Uh, just a great a few great quotes that I thought I'd share with you before getting on to Snoop Doggy Dog. Okay, real estate investing, even on a very small scale, remains a tried and true means of building an individual's cash flow and wealth. Now, who said that? That was Robert Kiyosaki, who you may remember is rich dad, poor dad. Another quote, we don't have to be smarter than the rest. We have to be more disciplined than the rest. Warren Buffett, discipline, save money, Investing in property, it forces you to save. It's not whether you're right or wrong that's important, but how much money you make when you're right and how much money you lose when you're wrong. George Soros said that. And again, apply that to property. You should be careful not to make too many wrong, buy too many wrong things. Landlords make money while they're sleeping. John Stuart Mill, that's true. The best time to buy a house, five years ago. Ray Brown, risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. Warren Buffett, do your research, look into what you should be doing. Most people think buying a property is investing, but they're wrong. It doesn't make you an investor any more than buying groceries makes you a chef. Gary Keller said that, I like that one. Finally, if you don't own a home, buy another one. Buy, if you don't own a home, buy one. If you don't, if you own one home, buy two. If you've owned three, with two by three, lend money to your relatives to buy property. John Pawson. A wise young man or wage earner of today invests his money in real estate. Andrew Carnegie. So these are great quotes. Okay. Finally, Snoop Doggy Dog, what's he doing? Well, he set up a metaverse mansion in, um, something called the sandbox platform. And so he's bought, this, he built this metaverse mansion, so it doesn't exist. However, in December, a purchaser went into the metaverse, the sandbox, and spent 450,000 US dollars to be his next door neighbor. Now that's alternative property. So thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed our 100th issue. Uh, Please like, share, and press the reminder button to remind you next time it comes on. Um, It's just information. It's not necessarily the truth. It's just our view. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.